The Start On Demand. On demand. Happy Hanukkah, or should I say Hanukkah. It starts tonight, so we'll speak to a Winnipeg rabbi, and he'll tell us why sometimes you see it spelled with an H and sometimes with a C. A social media video showing a Winnipeg police officer reacting angrily to being asked by a passenger why he wasn't wearing a mask is raising many eyebrows. We had our monthly visit with Mayor Brian Bowman today. We also spoke to a Winnipeg mom who tells the story of her 15-year-old son who is in today for surgery number eight. And what's the weirdest or most obscure show you've watched on Netflix? I was surprised to hear how many members of the panel all watched the same show. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling, who's back from vacation next week, and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Thursday, December 10th podcast for The Start. McGarry and McNabb, Mackling back next week. And Loren, I'm hoping this does not turn out to be one of those days because it started off that way. I uh, learned the hard way that changing our uh, email passwords under our new system because we recently switched our email system, uh, it's a headache if you let it expire. And that's exactly what I did. And and it, it set me back 25 minutes so it's kind of funny how like we're sort of I don't, creatures of routine, I guess. We have our routines down, and if you throw one little thing into that routine to mix it up, it screws the whole thing up. Yeah, when you texted this morning to say your password had expired and you couldn't get it into your email, I was like, all right, I'll just not communicate with you for the next two hours while you <laughs> sort this out because I know how frustrating that is. And you know, the weird part about this year is that at the start of this pandemic, when I was sent home uh, with you know a laptop and I'm thankful for my work for setting me up as best as they can, right, with all this different technology, I was like, wow, I can't believe how good this is all working. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm banging my head against the wall. If I have to troubleshoot something by myself one more time, I can't believe how dependent I was on just Sarah, like our <laughs> resident IT expert and our engineers and just going to them all the time, right, for help. And now here I am. I'm just I'm I'm kind of done with it. Like I I want to I I don't want to say I want to go back to paper and faxes or anything like that. But it's been frustrating. Yeah, I I, I try like because I I aim to get here every day for three forty five. That's the goal. Rarely do I achieve said goal. I did on Monday. Got here at three thirty five. But usually it ends up being four. Today was four fifteen. Sometimes I just take too long in the shower. What can I say? I like taking long showers. It's bad for the environment. I know I'm the worst person on earth. But uh, today, so today I got here. I slept in a little bit, and I didn't get in until four fifteen. And I thought, all right, I can, you know, still there's still enough time. Uh, but sure enough, I found out because normally I would just let my. I get the notifications. Your email is going to expire. Your password is going to expire in fourteen days. Change it now. <laughs> And I never do because usually it just says your password is expired. Please create a new one. And then you're and then boom, done. But nope, not in this system. So I had to call the overnight service desk. And I think I woke the poor guy up, but he was able to get me back up and running pretty quickly. But uh, suddenly 25 minutes later and I'm panicking. So that's no fun. Sidebar, you mentioned Sarah, our engineer. Something hilarious happened yesterday. Uh, you probably got the email from the company. Company doing something really nice for the holidays. They, they're they giving us all uh, a small gift, which is really cool. <laughs> but when I saw it, because they're, you know, they've been on us to do our cybersecurity training and what have you. So <laughs> I stuck my head out of the studio and there was a lineup of people to talk to Sarah to see. And this came from like the boss, like from the top. This email. There's a lineup of people asking her, is this spam? To the point where the company had to send a follow-up note saying, this isn't spam. (laughs) You want to hear something that's even more? Okay. So then yesterday we get this note also saying, complete your cybersecurity. We have to do this training, right? Once in a while to make sure we understand various threats to emails and stuff. And so, of course, I'm one of the people who didn't do it. And you get the note saying, you have to finish this or else. Same here. Same here. So I did it right at like 10 went through those modules, finished it, saw the email from the company about the free gift, accepted it right away. <laughs> <laughs> then that email goes out saying, just so you know, this is not, 
this is real. You're not, it's not some sort of phishing scam. And I was like, man, just did like a 25 minute course <laughs> on things to watch for when it comes to scams. And then just obliviously, he was like, yeah, I'll take that gift. Boom. Put that in my inbox. <laughs> oh, that is great. And that's, I, I, I was, we were doing the same thing. I did my training cybersecurity thing right after the show yesterday. And that's where I kind of thought, I should maybe, maybe this is something Didn't I should even check. cross my mind. I was like, yes, this is looking good. I'll take it. Because I thought maybe too, it was a test from the company because they've done that before. They've sent yep. out something and one of our colleagues actually clicked on whatever the attachment was and, and triggered, uh, I don't know what she, what she triggered, but she had, there ended up being a follow-up saying, this was a test, by the way, and one of you failed. So <laughs> I wanted to make sure I didn't fail. But <laughs> well, <very> I failed. <laughs> no, well, you, hey, that was my instinct, too. It was like, free gift? Yes, please. <laughs> There's fine print here. Don't, not going to bother reading it. So thank you very much to the hey. company. Another gift, too, is the fact that we didn't get that snow, or it's a gift to people who commute this morning. I don't know how the drive is because I walk down the stairs. That's my drive every morning, but it just looks wet out there. So I, I don't know if it's slippery anywhere in Winnipeg or, or what we were expecting, Brett. Yeah, the streets appeared to be okay. I didn't drive in. I, I took a cab, so I couldn't tell. But, I mean, they, the streets were just wet. I did see uh, they were salting the sidewalks downtown. Uh, but uh, let us know what you're seeing out there. I think the temperature is expected to cool off a little bit, just a touch through the morning and maybe drop below zero. So it might get a little dicey out there. So just let us know what you're seeing at 204-780-6868. Uh, when it is safe for you to text us. Eve, for example, saying surprisedly the roads are not crap this morning. So thank you for that. Heads up, Eve. But if that changes, let us know. And I guess we should also say uh, in particular to our producer, Sky, this morning, happy Hanukkah, Sky. Well, thanks. Loren, you have got to see this sweater. This I, I tried to describe it, but it's I, indis- I, well, beyond. Describe it for us. And then if you, someone can take a picture because I had asked her if she had any plans this week for Hanukkah. And she says, well, my big plan is this sweater. So what is it? <laughs> this is my whole plan. It is a blue sweater. On the sleeves, there are four Star of Davids. On each sleeve, that would be eight. Oh, I just got that. That's very significant for Hanukkah. Eight days. Eight. Yeah. I just got, okay. And <laughs> I, I am fully lit up because I also have a giant menorah on my chest. And it is currently... <laughs> A flame, but not in, in a controlled way. Well, is there's it also flashing. It's fla- I'm controlling the flashing, uh. so I'm doing the special effects myself. But it's worth the effort. And there's a funny story on how you acquire this sweater as well, Sky. Well, Julie Buckingham schlepped all the way to Garden City and left this on my front porch. Um, we have a running thing where we say "I love you, Alatka," and she's been holding on to these <laughs> gifts. She stockpiles gifts all year, and this has been her gift closet and she's been waiting and i don't know how you sit in something this amazing but wow is it the payoff is incredible so she bought it last year yeah she bought it last year she goes i love this a latka i can't believe i'm so late to hear this uh (laughs) i also have a shirt that says that so she got me that too (laughs) well happy hanukkah to you sky McGarry and McNabb, Mackling is back next week. Netflix Canada, releasing some of its trends at what Canadians watched in 2020, along with some suggestions of television shows and movies. And we that got us talking, like, here's, here's some of the things they said. Which, which shows spoke the most to Canadians? Stuff like Love is Blind, The Last Dance, Unsolved Mysteries, and Tiger King. <laughs> We're all in the top 10 uh, for more than 30 days each in 2020. But we wanted to have a conversation here about the weird stuff or the obscure stuff that you may have watched, because there is a lot of stuff on Netflix. I mean, there's so much programming available everywhere. Uh, we just heard about Saved by the Bell and W Network, but there is a lot of, now that, now that streaming is a thing, we have access to stuff that you'd never know existed, stuff from other countries. So let's go around the horn here. Jeff Braun is here, producer Sky, Kelly Moore. Jeff Braun, you're the co-host of The Couch Potatoes. Why don't we start with you, sir? There's a couple of weird ones I've checked out in the last year or so, uh, and we both watched this one. It's called Ragnarok, and it's like Dawson's Creek set in small-town Norway meets Marvel. It's a show about four of the superhero as a modern-day teenager 
And uh, so he's got the problems of Thor, then he's also got the problems of a teenager, and it's really good. And uh, I, I highly recommend that. Of course, it's subtitles because it's not in English, but uh, we both really like Ragnarok, Brett. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. What about you, uh, Kelly Moore? Well, last spring I got hooked on this one. Oh, there we go. I've met the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. I've never seen her before. <laughs> Love is blind. Yes. And I blame, I blame <laughs> Hell and Jackie Anderson for that because we were having a morning meeting. It was kind of before, just before the, the spring lockdown. And Hell had mentioned that he and Jackie had been watching this show. And so there was nothing on and i thought oh, i'll pop it on and then i blame you hitman for getting my wife and i hooked on money heist we watched all four seasons of that and now my latest endeavor i'm going to blame my daughter-in-law and her or my daughter and son-in-law rather uh, uh for a show called succession and uh it's eerily close to rupert murdoch uh, murdoch i'll just say that but if you haven't seen it yet it it's we we watched about three or four episodes of my wife. I don't know if I can keep watching this anymore. These people are so mean. Yeah. But- yeah, Succession is a tremendous show. That's an HBO show. You can watch that one on Crave. It is outstanding stuff. Oh, Did, yeah, it's not on Netflix. That's right, too, yeah. But yeah. Uh, it's it's one of the best uh, shows on TV. So good job for watching that, and good job for watching Money Heist. Uh, by the way, that's a Spanish show. Did you watch it in yes. Spanish or in English? Well, we, no, I guess they uh, filtered in the English over it uh, because at the start, you know, you're kind of thinking, mm, God, the acting's a little weak here. And it's only because I think of uh, them having to dub in the English, but uh, it wasn't long before we were hooked. Okay, well, and I, if you if you do watch Money Heist, I would recommend, and I know a lot of subtitles aren't for everybody, but I recommend watching it in Spanish because I, for me, with the dubs, now I find, you tell me, I, I'm pretty sure I would have told you that for sure back then. Uh, I find it with with the dub, you lose like because sometimes even though you don't understand what they're saying, you can still interpret their body language, right? And with yeah. the dub, I find that you lose some of that. But uh, yeah, that's yeah, a great show, yeah. Loren. What about you? Love is Blind is my secret shame, and I'm sad. Like that wow. show, in case listeners don't know, it's because they put the men and women in separate rooms. They never see each other. They just talk through this wall, and then like all of them fall in love through this wall and agree to get married in record time, and then go to Mexico or something together, some tropical place, and then realize they don't really like each other after all. Some of them, I think, are still together, and the whole time I'm, I was watching it, right to the end, I was like, you got to turn this off. This is despicable. Like, Why are you watching <laughs> This. Then I'd go pour myself another glass of wine. You know, love happened in a lot of places. And then by the morning, uh, I'd be sick with myself that I had just like fast forward through eight or nine episodes. So that was my secret shame. And sadly, I'm this person who keeps going back to the traditionals. Like I'll try to do different things. Like, my husband's very much into documentaries, and he loves watching movies with like from all parts of the world. And I'll sit down for twenty minutes, and then I'll go to my room and put on Modern Family for like the thousandth time. So I can't, I can't really. Stir outside my traditional choices. Yeah, well, sometimes it's like a comfort blanket, right? You need that comfort. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, just in the last year alone, I've watched the uh, Marvel Avengers movies because there were some days where I was down in the dumps and I needed to pick me up and that's my comfort blanket. Producer Sky, what about you? Do you have Netflix? Yes, and I never thought I'd be talking to Kelly Moore last spring about Love is Blind, but... <laughs> yes, that's right. But Dude, that's we what we were doing. Notes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the highlight of my day when we would. So Love is yeah. Blind is your show. Yeah. That's the weird one. Yeah. Okay, we're, well... See, we're fascinated with train wrecks, Hitman. That's what the problem is. <laughs> Jeff Braun, uh, any, any desire to watch Love is Blind on your end? No, even though everyone seems to enjoy it, I I don't think I'll be checking that out anytime soon. The one other one I would point out, if you're looking for something very funny but extremely weird, it's a sketch comedy show called I Think You Should Leave, and it stars this guy, Tim Robinson, and apparently it's all sketches. He used to be at a Saturday Night Live writer, and these are sketches that they rejected at Saturday Night Live for being too weird so he just made his own show the episodes are like 15 minutes you can it's very fast to watch but it's really funny and really out there
Small Town Salute. It is for South Beach Casino and Resort, just 30 minutes north on Highway 59. Visit southbeachcasino.ca for updates. And we heard from Tony, who says he's taken up walking uh, during the pandemic. He lost 65 pounds. Johnny says he dropped 20 pounds over the summer walking on his treadmill. And indeed, uh, that I basically have to walk as much as possible, Loren. Uh, more For me, it's more damage control than anything because of all the takeout that I've been eating. But as well, it is great for my mental wellness to just get outside, especially on a sunny day, uh, to get that sunshine and ju- just to keep moving, right? Keep moving, keep your brain moving, keep it stimulated. I, I've seen so many pictures over the past few weeks on social media of families and, and different folks going out to just explore different trails. I think in part because you're going stir crazy and working hard to get out of the house as much as possible right now. And that, you know, might be the silver lining. It's leading to some great hikes and different explorations right across the province. And if you need some ideas of where to go next, that's where our next guest comes in. Heather Heinem has some ideas for us this morning. She's a nature educator and interpretive planner. And she's also a great follow on Twitter, by the way, guys, because she also does some wildlife photography and takes a lot of great pictures. So you can find her at Second Nature MB. And you can also find her on our program right now. Good morning, Heather. Good morning. First of all, what is a nature educator and interpretive planner? What is it that you do? I actually make interpretive signs. So for some of you people who go out for walks, you might actually see some of my work out on the trails. So we can't go to a lot of places right now, but we can nope. go outside. Uh, so do you have a couple of trails that you would dub, that you would deem as your favorites? Oh, gosh, there's dozens. But um, ones I've been to, because I live in Winnipeg, so I, I travel sort of within about a two-hour radius as much as I can. Um, but, yeah, lately I've been doing a lot of Birds Hill, which is extremely busy these days because apparently everybody has the same idea. Um, but if you want to try to get there without a lot of people, I recommend going first thing in the morning. Um, Cedar Bog Trail there is particularly lovely right now. Um, it's uh, got a couple of bird feeders on it, so you can actually spend some time seeing some birds that we don't always get to see a lot of because um, they're usually higher up in the trees, so they get to come down at levels where you wouldn't normally get to see them. Um, there's several out in the White Shell, Pine Point Rapids, um, um, the McIlvery Falls. The trails around Pinawa are fantastic. Um, Hecla has some great ones, um, Camp Morton. Um, Beaudry. Some of them, though, once we finally get snow, will be turning into ski trails. So it's really important to keep track of which ones get groomed to ski trails because cross-country skiers get a little testy when we start walking on their groomed trails. Ooh, you get in their way, maybe. Yeah, that too. And it's it's a lot of <laughs> it's a lot of effort to groom them. So if we start walking ah. on them, it tends to wreck the tracks, and so it makes it unpleasant for for cross-country skiers. But we didn't get snow last night, so it's you know still open season wherever you want to go at this point. So speaking of the season, what kind of wildlife can you actually see out there on those trails this time of year? I know there's lots of deer out. I know you were yeah. taking some pictures of owls a few weeks ago. What what yeah. should I be watching for? Well, owl, it's been a funny, I've had more people contact me about great horned owls this fall than, and I've come across quite a few. So I definitely, Excuse me, definitely keep your eyes and ears open for great horned owls, um, just anywhere that we have trees. I even picked a couple up at the Forks the other day. Um, uh, what else have we got? Lots of chickadees and, and a lot of winter birds and woodpeckers. There's um, lots of deer around. Um, there are some places like Boyd is this, but here in Winnipeg where the deer are a little bit too friendly because people have the bad idea of feeding them, but it still gives you a good idea of, of um You'll get to see them a little bit more. Um, owls, yeah, you, you, some of them you need to go out onto the road to see, less so walking. But great horns, you've got a pretty good chance of, of coming across them right now. And I am just I'm, I'm perusing your uh, your Instagram page right now, also <laughs> at Second Nature MB, and there is a picture that you posted on November 18th of this tiny little owl. And when I saw, <laughs> I, oh. I wish you could have seen my face when I was when I saw it because it is so cute. I just melted. That's a northern sawwood owl, and that's taken. That photo's not recent, um, but they're one you definitely hear a lot more than you see. I spent five years of my my life studying those little guys, so I had a little bit of a chance to get them up close and personal. But to hear them, um, if you want to go, actually, I really recommend going out for a walk in the dark once once. Um, we have snow on the ground. Uh, it's a really whole new experience, and it just changes how you perceive the world. You pick things up with different senses. You're hearing more than you're seeing. And, and it's not scary, especially in the winter, because it's so much brighter out because of the snow. 
Um, but just come across those little guys, listen for something that sounds a little bit like a truck backing up, and, and that'll be them. Oh, that's an interesting sound. So a night hike, that's something I've never considered before, and I'm not sure yeah. why, but I, I suppose if the moon's right, Heather, it's there'd be really a lot fun. of beautiful trails. It's really fun. I like doing the cedar bog at night, um, it's, it's, especially if you can get a full moon. Um, I think because, I mean, our days are so short in the winter, so I, I just don't let that dictate what time I go for a walk. And so, yeah, night. I mean, obviously you want to take some precautions, bring a flashlight, tell someone where you're going, make sure you stay only on designated trails. Um, and uh, be sure that the trail that you're on is something that can be hiked at night. Um, but I, if you can do it and do it safely, it's a lot of fun. Well, I'll let you go. Sorry, Heather, I just wanted to ask a quick question about if we do <laughs> encounter wildlife, because I did see people posting pictures of carrots that they brought for deer and that kind of thing yeah. on the trail. What's your thoughts on that, just in, yeah, in your line as a nature educator? Yeah, deer feeding especially is problematic. Um, <laughs> it's it's not good for the deer. It's really not a good... Well, one, their their stomachs are really not up for dealing with carrots this time of year. Deer intestines change um, with the seasons because they change what they eat with the seasons. Normally, this time of year, they're only eating twigs. Um, so carrots are way too rich. Um, but that said, you really shouldn't be feeding them at all. Um, deer really get tame after a while if you feed them too much, and uh, that can get dangerous. It's... They're not a, they're not completely soft and fluffy, and they can they have pointy feet, and they can do some damage if they get scared or aggressive. Um, you're also bringing a lot of deer close together into one area, which can spread disease, as we know. And um, it's it's definitely something that is a concern for me. Heather Heinem is a nature educator and interpretive planner, and she's got some great photography at Second Nature MB. Heather, thank you so much for joining us for the Small Town Salute. This is great. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. And make sure, please, that you follow her on social media at Second Nature MB. Tremendous pictures. And you got to see the picture of the owl, Loren. It is so cute. It's so cute. I wanted to bring Heather on a few weeks ago because I was uh, going down an owl rabbit hole. Is that even <laughs> something that I can say? Because they are. They are really cute. And I love the idea of a night hike. Oh, we know that music. That means one thing. Mayor Brian Bowman joining us live on 680 CJOB for our monthly chat. Mr. Mayor, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Brett. Good morning, Lauren. So, Mr. Mayor, we now know who will be first uh, to be vaccinated in Manitoba with critical care workers. First in line to receive a dose as early as next week. So does the city weigh in on a vaccination plan at all? Like where do first responders, paramedics, for example, fit in? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the vaccination rollout is being led, of course, by Manitoba Health. And so, um, you know, I was pleased to hear that uh, they've been working on the preparation for months and looking forward to, to getting some additional information about how the the you know phase two and phase three and beyond um, is going to be rolled out in the province of Manitoba, and of course how the city of Winnipeg can can help. Um, one of the challenges that, that I think we will have as a as a province is just vaccine hesitancy, and so I think it's incredibly important that um, every level of government is providing clear, calm, and consistent messaging with respect to vaccinations. So with that, you know, you mentioned that hesitancy, uh, Mr. Mayor, and there's been questions from people about, you know, would it ever be mandated? And I know that that question would likely be answered at a provincial level. But what are your thoughts on just even as a city making it so that first responders at the very least would have to take the vaccine? Is that on the table or part of discussions? Oh, we'd, we'd uh, Lauren, we'd, we'd look to the provincial uh, health minister and the premier to uh, to lead on on those kinds of decisions. I mean, this is uh, Manitoba Health, and, and we have and will continue to support their efforts. Meanwhile, the province announced last night they've changed holiday and Sunday shopping rules. So starting this weekend, uh, businesses can now stay open past 6 p.m. But in that change, they're giving municipalities the authority to pass bylaws should they want to keep some restrictions in place. Where would you sit on this? Would you support a move to no restrictions on Sunday shopping? You know, we haven't had any uh, haven't had any outreach directly from the Minister of Finance or the Minister of Municipal Relations on this one. So we're going to be reviewing their press release today and we'll have more comment afterwards. But I can say that, um, you know, with regards to flexibility uh, by businesses, that's something obviously I've long been uh, in favor of providing as much flexibility for uh, the job creators in our community to make decisions that make sense for their respective industry, for their staff and for their customers. 
I know in the city budget this month, Mayor, Mr. Mayor, there were some, or late last month rather, that there were some additional supports for small businesses, but I can only imagine you continue to hear from them on a daily basis about their concerns as we head towards January 8th with these restrictions. So is there anything more on the table of what can be done for so many of them that are really struggling? You know, the feedback we've received on the preliminary budget has been positive. There were um, three primary things that we've done in the budget, which uh, hasn't yet gone through full council deliberation. We're going to be voting on it next Thursday. And I'm hopeful that that councillors will support the measures that we've introduced uh, in in the preliminary budget. Um, A couple of them that are noteworthy, uh, there's there's three primary ones. One is extending the property and business tax deferral program. That that costs uh, the city about just under $4 million to provide that relief. There's also, though, a $3 million COVID economic support grant program for small businesses and not-for-profit organizations that are that have been ordered to temporarily cease operations or close their physical locations by the provincial uh, health orders. And so that's going to be funded from the federal government's Safe Restart uh, Agreement. It basically is a non-repayable grant of a maximum of $1,500 per organization for businesses and not-for-profit groups. Um, and then also... We've massively increased the small business tax threshold from 35700 to 44200 What that means is it would completely eliminate the small business tax for almost 1,000 more businesses in 2021 and save them on average about $1,900 in 2021 and beyond. So those were, those were measures that I want to thank uh, Councillor Scott Gillingham and my, my, my fellow councillors who have been providing him and uh, and me with input what they'd like to see in terms of relief for businesses and hopefully we'll get it passed next week and that support will will complement uh, the supports that have been offered by the province and the federal government. On the subject of masks which are now worn pretty much everywhere earlier this week there was that video that made the rounds on social media showing a Winnipeg police officer not wearing a mask while making a traffic stop. He'd pulled over a couple for allegedly not moving to a farther lane when passing a stopped emergency vehicle, and that, of course, is also dangerous. Uh, But when questioned, his response was to threaten the people in the car with a ticket. Have you seen this video? And uh, if so, what's your response? Yeah, I've seen a clip of it. I I haven't seen the, the full video, but from what I saw, the... The behavior was was unacceptable. Um, you know, I, I think Winnipeggers would expect appropriate disciplinary measures being taken, and uh, I'll leave it to the Winnipeg Police Service, um, as, as I know they've spoken to uh, to it uh, in a release yesterday. But um, you know, I was disappointed to 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 see what I saw. I think if Winnipeggers want to question any member of the public service for the city of Winnipeg about uh, their compliance uh, with respect to provincial public health orders, they should feel comfortable to raise those concerns and um, and and to be dealt with in a respectful way. The police, as you said, did put out a statement, Mr. Mayor, and they said that they um, has that the commanding officer had spoken to the officer in question and that it has been dealt with. But that's all the information that we've been given. Is that satisfying to you? Is that enough info? Uh, or when you say disciplinary action, should be further steps be taken when it comes to something like this? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll leave it to the Winnipeg Police Service. I mean, when you get into operations and, and human resources, I, I think, you know, appropriate disciplinary measures obviously should be taken. What those measures could be is, is something that I'll, I'll leave to the Winnipeg Police Service. But um, just because I, I don't have those details. Um, but I think, obviously, I think a lot of us were were not impressed uh, by what we saw in the video. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to see, you don't, I don't think anybody wants to see that repeated by, by anyone. It did elicit all sorts of reactions from our listeners. Some questioning the fact that, the, you know, the driver had failed to move over properly for an emergency vehicle. So there's that side of it. And then there's, of course, the behavior of the officer. We'll leave this where it's at right now yeah. with you, Mr. Mayor. And just to move on to, to Christmas and holiday plans on a personal sure. note, you've got kids. What sort of conversations have you had with them about how things are going to look this year and how much different it might be, you know, compared to previous years? Yeah, and, and I'd encourage everybody to make sure you're having those conversations with your kids. I mean, they're they're feeling uh, the stress just like the grown-ups in our community, and they know it's going to be a very different, uh, you know, it, today is, is uh, you know, tonight, uh, I want to wish everybody a happy Hanukkah for those that are celebrating, and then, of course, Christmas for, for our family and many others uh, later this month. You know, I just have those conversations. Um, we've had discussions about uh, Santa Claus and, and how Santa's going to keep safe. But uh, we'll be getting out and exploring uh, a number of our city parks um, just to get outside and help our physical and mental health.
Mayor Brian Bowman joining us live on 680 CJOB. Mr. Mayor, thank you for the monthly visit, sir. Thanks to both of you. Have a great day. All right. Take care, guys. Candles will be lit in many homes tonight, just as they are on Sky, producer Sky's sweater, for the start, Loren, of Hanukkah. Yeah, and of course, you can go to our Instagram page, CJOB's Instagram page, to see Sky's uh, gorgeous sweater in celebration of Hanukkah, which is, of course, an eight-day Jewish holiday that usually falls in December. Like many celebrations this year, it's going to look a little different, but our next guest says that's no reason not to have some fun and some hope, and we're pleased to be joined by... Rabbi Matthew Leibel. Good morning, Matthew. Good morning, Brett Loren. Nice to have you. Or, well, sorry, nice to be here. <laughs> nice to, I wish we could do this in person, but that's going to be a few more months away yet, Matthew. But in the meantime, um, I'm just curious uh, how you're feeling. You know, a, a day like today, I know, is usually a time to get together with family and do all sorts of things. And it is going to be a bit different this year. Yeah, certainly. You know, uh, the pandemic has affected everybody, and one of the big traditions when it comes to Hanukkah for Jewish people is to have at least one, maybe a couple big parties where you've got your extended family, you know, the cousins are all together, the big family tree, friends, and and, and it becomes a really like one of the highlight, you know, celebrations of, of the year. But we can't do that this year, but still people within their own homes can do Hanukkah, and that's really where you know, Hanukkah usually takes place because it's eight nights. The big party is only one of the nights. But every night, pretty much, you're with your immediate family. You're in your household. That's a word we've been using a lot these days. And you can go through the rituals of lighting candles, saying blessings, having a few special foods, and uh, playing dreidel, a couple of the Hanukkah things. They still work within the home. So what will be happening in homes tonight? What's one of the big traditions for that? Well, for the first night of Hanukkah, you start off, we've got like a special menorah that we call a Hanukkiah because it's special for the, the holiday of Hanukkah based on the number of, of candles it holds. It holds a total of, of nine candles, one for each night. You add an extra candle every night. And then there's a ninth candle that we actually use every night called the Shamash. It's a helper candle. You light that candle first and then you light the other candle. So tonight you light the Shamash and then you put one candle in the, in the menorah, in the Hanukkiah, and you light it, say a few blessings sing a few songs. And then after that, I guess it depends on what your family is. Um, my, my wife has been a little bit distracted, understandably. So the latkes will be made over the weekend and that's when I'll get to sample some of those, but we'll probably, uh, we'll probably play a little bit of dreidel, spin dreidel tonight, maybe sing a few other Hanukkah songs. Um, and then each night from now on, you add another night, you add another candle to the Hanukkah. And by the last night, the whole thing will be burning bright. I want to ask you in a moment, uh, Matthew, the meaning behind Hanukkah and some of the traditions that, that are part of it and celebrations. But you mentioned lakas, so I have to talk about the food. What's the what's traditionally on the menu this time of year? Well, actually, the, the two things go go together, Lorenz. So uh, the whole the whole quick synopsis of Hanukkah is that it's a two thousand year old holiday that celebrates miracles, specifically uh, the miracle of the Maccabees. This kind of uh, ragtag uh, Jewish, like uh, thrown together army that overcame their oppressors. But then, more specifically, this miracle where when they went, the Maccabees and their followers went into the temple to rededicate it, they went to light the big menorah, the menorah that was supposed to be burning all day, all night, always burning. And back in those days, they used oil. They couldn't find any oil. They found this tiny little vat of oil. They thought, oh, it's never going to last until we can make more. What do we do? They poured it in, they lit it anyway, and the real miracle. The reason why we have an eight-night festival is because that little vat of oil lasted for eight full days. So we have a Hanukkah celebration where we light candles for eight nights. As a result, the foods are all kind of connected to this tradition of oil. So I guess the two main, main things that you would see are latkes, potato latkes, potato pancakes, I guess uh, for lack of a better term. Usually there's no... There's no dairy anywhere there because they're often served on the side with meat, though I did get invited to someone's house once upon a time where they served latkes for dinner, which kind of felt like serving French fries for dinner. But that's another story. So there's latkes. <laughs> and then the other thing is um, in Hebrew, we call them sufganiot. And in Winnipeg, I think specifically, we call them jam busters. Other places, they call them jelly donuts, you know, fried in oil. So it's not exactly like those two foods alone cover all the food groups, but they're often uh, the main features of uh, what you're going to be having on the side and for dessert with Hanukkah. We were talking earlier this week on the show about playing games, and you mentioned playing dreidel. And please uh, forgive my ignorance on this, but I've, I've known the term forever, but I, I've never actually uh, taught myself what is dreidel and well, how do you play you know, it? 
when we can get together in person, bring down a wad of cash and, and I'll teach you and we'll get together. And, and I'll, show, I'll show you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm actually not that good. I lose all the time. It's really quite embarrassing. Um, a dreidel is a spinning top. It's a four-sided four spinning top. On each of the sides, there's a Hebrew letter. And the four Hebrew letters, uh, it's an acronym. They stand for a phrase that, and if you translate to English, is a great miracle happened there. So the dreidel is a game, but in a sense, it, it ties us back into this miracle that always reminds us. In fact, if you get a dreidel in the land of Israel, the, the fourth letter is changed so that the acronym can be a great miracle happened here, which is kind of a cool thing. But the idea is that each of the letters, um, you spin it, and then when it lands, whatever letter it lands on, it kind of determines what you do. Everybody antes into a pot with pennies or, or gold coins or ch- chocolate, whatever. And if it lands on one of the letters, you get nothing next turn. If you lands on another letter, you win the whole pot. Another letter, half the pot, and another letter, you have to contribute extra to the pot. So it's it's. I think that I'd be able to teach it to you pretty quickly, and then we could see, you know, how it lands. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Both uh, Brett and I were lamenting that we were slow on the pickup, Brett. Right when it comes yes. to just trying to figuring out games, so you might, you might, you might find yourself quite heavy in gold coins. Although I have no idea where one gets gold coins. So I'd, <laughs> well, I'd ha- it, it, they're, they're not real gold coins. I mean, there, there's a tradition, a little bit of a tradition of gift giving with Hanukkah that's probably more influenced by the fact that it's so close to Christmas and gift giving is a big part of Christmas. It's not really part of the tradition, but there is an, an old tradition of little kids getting what we call in, and it's a Yiddish word, gelt. So they would get little gold coins, but now they're, they come in a little bag and they're chocolate. They're just, you, put, you peel off the, so we can play with chocolate gold coins that don't uh, burn a hole in your pocket at all. So. That's what I was imagining. I was imagining those wrappers yeah. anyway. So I, I thank you for explaining that. I, you I, got it. I, I want to ask about just, you know, you talk about the message this time of year. And I had said earlier that I had exchanged an email with you and I, I couldn't make to speak with you because really at the end of the day, we're all looking for a little hope right now. And so... That's also what Hanukkah is about in terms of being this festival of hope. Well, totally. And, and you use a term that I've actually been, been using this year to describe Hanukkah especially. We, we call Hanukkah the festival of lights. You know, the candle is a big part of it. The candles are, are really the focal point. And in fact, our tradition is not just that you light your menorah, your Hanukkah in your home, but you actually put it in the window. You put it in the windowsill, and the idea is that everybody passing by will see it because making the miracle of this miraculous oil, this miracle, uh, making it public is the whole idea. So people passing by will be inspired. They'll be, you know, you know, just the way other candles, lights can kindle other candles. They get, they get this feeling of hope. So it's not just a festival of light, but when you're talking about, you know, the time of the year where the day light hours are the shortest, where it keeps getting darker and darker every day. And then there's this metaphor of the fact that this pandemic feels like darkness surrounding us, taking away our ability to see and make decisions. Lighting candles at night, when it's a, as it gets to the darkest point of the year, it becomes more, you know, a festival of hope and this idea that people passing by will be like, oh, yeah, there is going to be something at the end of this. We are going to keep getting through. We have to keep being patient and do the right things. But the daylight hours will start to get longer. And in the meantime, we can light candles to brighten up and to give us light and warmth, even in the darkest nights. Here's another ignorant question, and forgive me for this, but why is Hanukkah sometimes spelled with a C and sometimes not? Oh, you've touched on something that just my wife and I, Brett, were talking about yesterday. It's like the bane of my existence. I think it's because, I mean, I know it's because in Hebrew, we have a few sounds, most notably the ch sound, that isn't part of English, right? And it can be difficult for non-Hebrew speakers and people who don't have that in their native tongues to to say that ch sound. I say it's actually not that hard. Imagine you have like a little popcorn caught in the back of your throat. Everybody's done that. It's easy. But because it's hard for some people to say Hanukkah, it's not easy to translate that into English, it kind of gets softened into Hanukkah. But in the actual Hebrew, there's no question. It's, it's Hanukkah, which means dedication, the dedication, the rededication of the temple. But look, I'm not going to split hairs over this. If people want to do Hanukkah, where I really figure out that there's an issue is, do they have two Ks towards the end or one K? Why do you need two Ks? It looks weird. I just this morning, Brett, it wasn't an ignorant question because poor Sky, who was, who's wearing her sweater with the lit up menorah on it, I said, sorry, I just have to ask this question. Do you have any idea which way I should be spelling it and why is it spelled three different ways? And I can never remember if there's two N's or two K's. So I'm happy to know that, you know, that's a question being asked universally, Matthew. Yeah, you, you just need to, if you're, if you're going with me and I'm a bit of a stickler, I would write C-H-A-N-U-K-A-H. No double K, no Hanukkah. 
go for it. Everybody should say Hanukkah and really get into it. It makes it easier because the greeting you say for people when you want to say like a happy holiday, you say Chag Sameach. So if you can't get the chuz down, you're going to have a lot of trouble Chag saying that. So it's good practice. So you can say Chag Chanukah Sameach. More fun that way. Totally. <laughs> well, Rabbi Matthew Leibel joining us live on 680 CJOB. Happy Hanukkah to you, sir. Oh, see, look at that. Don't you, now your day can only get better from here. You, you're, you crushed it. Thank you so much for having me. And, uh, next uh, on the list the is dreidel crushing. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to do that. That one's tough to do without the pan, during the pandemic. So we'll have a dreidel tournament live on the air maybe this time next year. I hope so. I look forward to it. That gives me some hope. Thank you so much for joining us, Rabbi. 848 on 680 CJB. I guess, Loren, I need to go on our Instagram post and change the spelling of Happy Hanukkah. Listen, I, I feel I was gonna, didn't want to admit, but in our rundown, one of the reasons why I was asking, because we fill out this rundown every morning so people know what we're going to be talking about internally, and I spelt it, and then I spelt it again, and then I Googled it, <laughs> and then I Googled which one's right, and then I asked Sky, and then I was like, oh, God, I think I've spelt it three different ways. So I apologize. Yes, I suppose we should go back in to add that C, Brett. <laughs> McGarry and McNabb, Mackling back next week. It is time. We need to find our next qualifier for Wake Up Santa. This is a prize we're giving away on Monday from Sleep Country. We want to give you the gift of sleep. The prize consists of two wool pillows, a Queen Bloom Performance Sheet Set, Queen Fieldcrest Luxury Line Duvet Cover Set, and Lavender Spray. And we're going to take... Call number nine is going to be the automatic qualifier, but you have to have a story. But we have a couple of minutes here, Loren. So why don't we first say hello to Val. Val, hi there. You're calling number seven, so unfortunately you're not the qualifier. But, but you've emailed me before. You've always got a good story. So what's Thank your? why don't you just quickly tell us your story? Okay, when I was a little girl... We were so excited because Christmas was coming, and I'd been so good for so long. And my mom had taken us to see Santa, and I even told him what I wanted for Christmas. And I knew, I knew I was going to get it. Well, when I woke up, we was with my brother and my sister, and we were Christmas morning so excitedly going through all of our toys. I opened my present. I opened another present. There was no toy. I didn't get a toy for Christmas. My brother and my sister got a toy, but I didn't. Well, my mom said, you know, Santa was probably so busy that year that he just either forgot it on the sleigh or he just forgot it in the shop. But he said, you know, my mom said, you know, don't worry, I'll take you shopping. So we got, I got to go downtown and I got to go shopping in the toy department at the Eaton store and pick out what ever toy I wanted. So which was, what was the toy? I bought myself, I bought myself, I asked for a game, it was called Bridget, and that was the toy I got that year for Christmas. Well, that's a great story, Val. Thank you so much for sharing. Sorry you're not calling number nine. Uh, we got we got a couple of minutes here, Loren, so... That's a fun day trip. That was a great... The toy department at Eaton's was the best. I know. And they had the best uh, Santa Village. Yes, the Uh, setup there. Yeah. My my understanding was the real Santa worked at the Eaton's, and uh, the mall Santas were like his helpers. Uh, At least that that, that was my understanding. That's how you felt it was, yeah? Yeah. Jeff, you're calling number eight, but uh, what's your story? Well, uh, I guess if there's any... Kids uh, in the car or whatever. Well, just just, let's, let's just remember that Santa Claus. This is a Santa disaster story. So a time that Santa made a mistake. Well, Santa. Yeah, uh, when I was, I think I was nine or ten years old. I can't remember. I made a I made a banner uh, on a dot matrix printer that was twenty five foot long, um, showing my age now. But uh, uh, definitely, I was very excited for Santa to get this. And let's just say Santa responded in kind and. Santa had very distinctive writing, so that's the, that's the day that I kind of figured everything out. Okay. Uh, the dot matrix reference. Excellent. Yeah. You're not, we're all in that boat, so don't worry. You're not aging yourself too badly at this company. <laughs> and Linda, you are calling number nine. What is your Santa disaster story? Remembering this is a time that Santa Claus made the mistake, okay? Right. Well, when we were little kids, um, one of our parents' friends dressed up as Santa And he went around the neighborhood, of course, visiting all the kids. 
Well, when he got to our house this one year, of course, we had the milk and cookies already. And he looked at them and he said, well, you know, Santa's had quite a lot of milk and cookies so far. Uh, But unbeknownst to us, of course, he had a few shots along the way. (laughs) So we insisted he had to have the milk and cookies. Oh, no. So he did. And very shortly afterwards, he threw up all over our living room. (laughs) Oh, no, Santa! Oh, I never forgot that. I bet, I bet you didn't. Uh, Linda, congratulations. You're, you're our qualifier for today. Maybe we'll call your name on Monday. That seems to be the common theme this week, Loren, is that Santa drinks a lot. Well, he gets left a lot of things, right? You, you know, a glass of milk. There's the carrots for the reindeer. There's the cookies. Sometimes there might even be a little bit of, I don't know, scotch. I don't know. Things get left. And he goes to a lot of houses and listen. It would be rude if he didn't accept the drink. <laughs> uh, I'm getting excited already for Christmas Eve just to watch Santa's progress on NORAD uh, to see when he flies over Winnipeg. It's always fun to run outside to see if you can just spot him flying through the sky. I just have a question. Yeah. Why are you not wearing your mask and you're yelling? That's, that's not good. That's not safe for Okay, because I'm all within six feet of you. And you know what? If you want to do that way, I'll just write a ticket. Is that the way you want to do no, this? No, I'm just, I'm just asking. Okay, well, so I don't for, need, I'm just to, I don't need to wear a mask when I'm outside. Even if you're close? I'm just asking. It's just a question. Okay, you know what, you can give me your stuff back, you're going to get a ticket. That's a chunk of audio from a video of a traffic stop that's making the rounds on social media, posted Tuesday, and it shows an unmasked Winnipeg police officer standing next to the open window of a car that he had just pulled over. The woman you hear in the video was the passenger, and she says they were pulled over for not moving to a farther lane when passing a stopped emergency vehicle. So as you hear in that audio, she, of course, questions him about the mask use, and that's when he threatens the ticket and then says he's going to give them one. And so this has garnered a ton of feedback from you, our listeners. Some of you saying the officer way overreacted, some suggesting there should be discipline, and while others have also said, hey, he was just frustrated by, frustrated by the traffic infraction in the first place. No matter where you're coming down on this, there are still some lingering questions, i.e., what was the police response to this incident? The Winnipeg Police Service did say in a statement yesterday that officers are expected to wear a face mask during interactions with the public unless social distancing is being practiced. And they also said, quote, the officer has been spoken to by his commanding officer about his conduct and the matter has been dealt with. St. Norbert Councillor Marcus Chambers is also the chair of the Winnipeg Police Board. They have a meeting starting in about 20 minutes, and he's joining us first here on CJOB. Good morning, Marcus. Good morning. Thank you for having me today. Well, thanks for taking the time. I know it's a busy day. Uh, Look, first, let's just get your reaction. When you watch that chunk of video, what went through your head? Yeah, I was uh, disappointed with uh, the situation that took place. Uh, Yeah, the traffic offense uh, of passing a police car with lights on and the equipment on, uh, that is fairly serious, very serious in in the sense that, you know, harm could come to the officer on by the passing vehicle so the officer did take the opportunity to provide that education and uh and let them off with a warning but then when the passenger asked the question which was a reasonable question and perhaps somebody in the vehicle may have had uh, a compromised immune system or was asking uh you know why the officer was not uh conforming to the public health orders, reasonable question in a reasonable tone, and it took that direction. So I was very disappointed to see how that unfolded. Uh, I always encourage respectful dialogue between the community and police, and from police to the community as well. And that didn't take place uh, in that video. The police say the matter has been dealt with. Uh, Is that acceptable? Yeah, I mean, I the the police board doesn't uh, interfere with disciplinary action of police officers. Uh, I do know that uh, they sent out a release that indicated that the officer has been uh, spoken to by his commanding officer, and I have to take that for face value. 
Is there more that should be said? And I appreciate you're walking a line here, Marcus, with your role as chair of the police board and their, the desire to not have any interference. But on the other hand, you know, when we hear back that the matter has been dealt with, it, it appears as though the matter is closed. And there are some people who have questions about, well, hang on. Is there not discipline for escalating it to the situation where that went from, you know, a warning to that threat of the ticket? Is there not more that could be done there? And I know this woman in this video is taking this to the law enforcement review agency, but I don't know. It, it, there are people who who would find the matter has been dealt with an un, unacceptable response. Yeah, and I can understand the public's uh, concern in that regard. Uh, and the the person is well within their right to take uh, their concerns to Lyra. Uh, these are some of the things that we as the Winnipeg Police Board are working very closely with the Winnipeg Police Service in, uh, in dealing with these issues and how we build confidence and trust in the community with our police. Uh, it's, it's something that we you know, is part of their core values in in terms of their interactions with the general public. And it's something that we're working on diligently as a a police board uh, to state to the Winnipeg Police Service, this is what we've heard from the community. These are the things that you need to be working on, creating these partnerships. It's going to help in the long run. So we need to establish that as a baseline now. What questions do you still have regarding this? Well, obviously the questions are, you know, why it was escalated so quickly, why the officer deemed uh, that he was being challenged on on something that we're all in together. You know, we're all in this together. And, and it, it's not just about uh, the public in the sense of wearing masks uh, to, to uh, you know, protect the public. It's it's also about protecting the service. I mean, we don't want to have officers that are out uh, ill because of uh, COVID-19 or symptomatic or things like that. So it, it's about protecting them as well. So if they're in close proximity to the public and, uh, and you know, it's not a matter of interfering with their job or or safety, then they should be wearing a mask. I, uh, you know, I believe that uh, it it helps us both in in terms of the public and in terms of the service. Just an example of some of the feedback we're getting right now at 780-6868. One listener saying the driver of the car that failed to move over for emergency vehicles should be fined to the max. Well, another one wrote in to say this is plain and simply an abuse of power. You talk about protecting people, you know, with the mask question, but there's also just the protection of the integrity of the force and, and wanting to have the ability to question authority in a respectful manner is part of that process, Marcus. Absolutely. And if, if the, the, the general public has questions of their police or any public servant, uh, they should be entitled to ask that question in a respectful manner and receive a respectful response to their question. Um, I recognize the inherent danger of passing a, 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 an emergency service vehicle that is pulled over to the side. And we've seen videos where uh, first responders have been injured, and that's a very serious offense. And, and there are laws that protect first responders in that regard. The, op- the, the officer, to his credit, took the opportunity to educate the driver uh, and, and let them off with a warning. Uh, but then when he was challenged on why he wasn't wearing a mask, deemed that as uh, an opportunity to, uh, to present the ticket. So I very much understand the frustrations that the, the officer uh, had with respect to the safety concerns that arose uh, out of not uh, giving enough berth around uh, a stop police vehicle. Uh, but he did initially just provide that education and a warning, which is uh, how that, that transaction should have uh, have concluded. St. Norbert Councillor Marcus Chambers joining us live on 680 CJOB, also the chair of the Winnipeg Police Board. Any further questions before we let Mr. Chambers go, Loren? Uh, coming up at the meeting at 9.30, well, what else is on the agenda, Marcus? I know the police budget is in consideration as well. Yes, and that's what uh, will be uh, discussed today is the 2021 uh, operating and capital budget. That will be presented by Chief Smythe. I do note that there are four people registered in delegation to speak tonight, and I, uh, or this morning, and I, I assume that they're going to continue on with the with the mantra of defunding the police. Uh, we'll listen to them and hear what they have to say, uh, as well as the Winnipeg Police Service. All right, Marcus Chambers, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it, sir. 
Thank you, and to all of my friends of Jewish faith, happy Hanukkah as it starts tonight at sundown. All right, sir. Thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, in case you're just tuning in and missed it earlier, we discussed this at 6.15. I got a ticket on Thanksgiving Monday, made a boneheaded move. I turned left uh, between 3.30 and 5.30 at River and Osborne on a Monday, but it was Thanksgiving, so I wasn't thinking. I was in full Sunday mode, and there was an officer there waiting for me and the driver in front of me, and when he pulled us over, I missed the explanation as to why we were being pulled over because I couldn't, well, I couldn't hear him. He was talking to the driver in front of me, and uh, when he pulled us, when I pulled over to the left, I had no idea why I'd been pulled over, but, Loren, I was scared to even ask because I was scared to anger him not that he gave me any reason you know he was respectful when he spoke to me he didn't give me any reason to be afraid but i think it's just it's this kind of thing that i fear right i don't want them to interpret anything i say as what you know you got you you got an attitude problem i'll give you a 400 hundred dollar ticket and i think this is the question here i don't even know in the end if it's about the mask because there's some people saying to us right now like you know stop bashing the police this is not bashing what we're trying to ask is the response that was given there if if this video is an adequate portrayal of what happened it went from asking a question in what sounded to me like a very calm voice about the mask to the responding to say like look you're getting a ticket yes on the other side was there a traffic infraction that's Worth investigating, too. That is also dangerous. There's all sorts of sides to this. But really what it comes down to when we're looking to have respectful dialogue, you want to also be able in that moment to ask police a question. Sorry, what did I do wrong here? Or, or also, why are you doing that? Or why, why is your behavior this way? And I think if you're asking those questions respectfully, you deserve a respectful response. Not in a situation, uh, there's other crimes where that might not be the case. But this is, this is to me, is about the re- reaction, not necessarily even about the mask, right? Right. And I, I would also point out the officer who pulled me over was not wearing a mask at the time. I can't remember if he had one or like sort of, sometimes we just pull the mask down. I can't remember if he if that was the case, but he did very much keep his distance. And I'm guessing he wasn't wearing a mask just so we could hear him because it's Osborne Village. It's noisy in the afternoon, even though it was a holiday. It's still busy. 916 on 680 CJOB. Oh, by the way, I did, uh, I got a reduction on that ticket. I called in Loren and uh, I pled, as we used to say, guilty with an explanation. Now they, they say you want to, you want to, uh, Admit to the offense, but seek a reduction. So, oh, is that how it is now? Yeah, so that so that's what I did. I, I called. I made they made an appointment. I spoke to them last week. I pled ignorance. I said, "Look, this is I. I thought it was Sunday. I'm sorry. I was stupid. I've had a clean record for ten years. Please, please have mercy on me." So they they dropped the fine a little bit. So I was happy. Now I just need to figure, see if I'm going to get the merits for it. McGarry and McNabb mackling back on Monday. And hey, since it is cooling off, maybe a hot chocolate will do. And if you like hot chocolate, we've got a suggestion here that will not just warm you up, but will also help a young Winnipegger who's been in and out of surgery for several months now, Loren. Yeah, so Parkline Coffee, they're on South Osborne, and they've actually teamed up with the Dream Factory to create what they've named the Warrior Hot Chocolate. And $2 from every drink is going to go towards 15-year-old Travis's dream with the Dream Factory. And we're pleased to be joined now by Travis's mom, Sarah Brooker. Good morning, Sarah. Hi, guys. How are you? We're well. How are you doing? This has been uh, quite the year for a lot of reasons for many of us, but you've had some additional challenges with Travis and, and several surgeries. Can you walk us through what some of them have been for? Yeah, it's been quite a journey, to say the least, Um, a medical journey for sure. Um, So I'm actually at Children's Hospital right now um, because Travis just went in for surgery number eight this morning, which we like to hope is going to be the last surgery. Um, And then he also was um, in surgery yesterday all day as well. So what does he get? What are the surgeries for? Okay, so he was diagnosed with juvenile nasopharyngeal angiofibroma back in February. And then in June, they started um, the process of removing the tumor. It's a nasal tumor that drives in, it's very rare, but it, um, they find it in adolescent boys. It's pretty much just bad luck. It's just one of those things. And um, 
when they went to remove it in June, it had grown rapidly and done all these crazy things that they've never seen before. Um, it's attached itself to its, to Travis's brain as well as throughout his skull and his facial tissue. And now it's still in his cheeks. So that is the surgery that's happening today. And it's actually, Travis is making medical history because he is the first child or teen to receive this surgery in a children's hospital in the country. Wow, that is a lot. That is a lot. That is a lot <laughs> for know. a 15 year old to deal with, too, Sarah. How is he doing? Well, he's quite the trooper. I mean, there's days that are frustrating and they're upsetting, and he would rather just be at home, obviously, as most teenagers want to be. But he is a true warrior. I've got to say, like the hot chocolate is named the warrior hot chocolate for a reason and for a good one, because this kid is just fighting a a hard, hard fight. How have you you been doing through this process? (laughs) Well, I'm good. Um, Mums are pretty maternal and we're pretty amazing at uh, protecting and surviving. So um, it's, it's been an interesting part of my life for sure. But... Um, I'll just do whatever it takes to fight the fight with them. Yeah, and that's easier said than done sometimes, I'm sure, right? I mean, we're all thinking about ways to stay optimistic, and then you add on something like this, yeah. eight, eight surgeries in a year. So what kind of things do you do? Like, you know, we talk about distractions, ways to distract yourself. <laughs> well, what are the ways you're having I, fun in your I home definitely- still? Lee, like at the moment, I'm sitting in the Ronald McDonald house, which I've got to say is very good to me. Like there's things at Children's Hospital, like they lend a helping hand and they're a great support. Also, everybody's support with the hot chocolate is outstanding. And the Dream Factory has been absolutely amazing. And so, so the outpour of love and just seeing that helps. Travis and I stay as positive as we possibly can and we know everyone's got our back so we just have to really hope for the best today. So the Manitoba, so the Dream Factory by the way is uh, for Manitoba kids uh, battling issues like this uh, mm-hmm. but their dreams can carry them away to a place where they don't have to think about that stuff. What is Travis's dream? Well I guess COVID unfortunately does alter the dreams that are going to come true which is a little bit unfortunate, but he's going to get a pretty rockin' bedroom. I've got to say, the basement is never going to look so good after all of this outpour of love, for sure. He's going to have everything he's ever wanted, and it's going to be um, everything he deserves. He really, so, truly deserves so much. So he's looking for a little reno, right? A space for yes. himself? Yeah, a room reno. Yeah, <laughs> like a, like right. a man cave, but a teen cave. Oh my goodness, a teen cave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so th- I understand. So there's this hot chocolate the warrior sells for four ninety five. It yeah. has a terrific combination of things topped with graham crackers. That's Travis's suggestion. That I understand. Was Travis's suggestion, and then there's also a confectionery company local here in Winnipeg called What the Fluff, and they've donated these amazing <laughs> homemade marshmallows that are on top of the hot chocolate. Oh, my goodness, you guys, the drink is to die for. What was, sorry, what was the name of that company? What the Fluff. Oh, cute. That is a yeah, cute name. Yeah, so cute, and they've just, like, they've also, there are one more, like, notch that just helps all of this come together. So I'm so grateful to Parkline. I'm so grateful to What the Fluff and obviously to the Dream Factory for their ongoing support. And there's some folks matching some of the donations here because the $2 of that hot chocolate goes towards Travis's dream. And then what's the matching co- contribution that's happening? Oh, we've got um, NJ, MJ Roofing, a carpentry company, Amber D- Vandenbrook Realty. So they're all matching up to $1,000. Um, I guess, uh, like according to the sales, but the sales of the hot chocolate so far are astronomical. So it's amazing. So I want everybody to keep buying the drink. <laughs> well, that's great that uh, that people have stepped up to help out so much. I mean, it's been such a challenging year, uh, for example, and we don't want to take a, draw the attention away from your son, but, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you, you're, you're, you're a prominent makeup artist in the city and you're typically very busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, always very busy and not working. So it's, it is it is such a crazy, interesting time. Um, I guess not working allows me to be available for these surgeries. So, again, trying to find the silver linings. 
Yeah, and I guess that's all you can do, right? I mean, it's easy yeah. for me to sit here and say, oh, that's a great, great way to look at it. But you really just have to find the positive, which is getting to spend time with 100%. him. And then also maybe getting on each other's nerves because it's still mother and son once in a while. So you got it. <laughs> it is. And he is 15, you guys. He's 15. <laughs> so it comes with its challenges for sure. Um, yeah, it's, it is a, such an interesting time. And I think it has really allowed people to be extra supportive and really try to channel the best way that they can show some extra love. And so I'm so eternally grateful. Well, Sarah, we were used to talking to you about things like the Winnipeg Nightlife and Lifestyle Awards. I know. I know. It's a little more exciting, but um, I'm happy to talk about this as well. So thank you so much for taking the time for me. Well, hey, not to suggest that we, that we would prefer to talk to you about that. This is far more important, the health of your son. Uh, so thanks for telling us about this. This is a, a great initiative, and we're glad to hear that you're getting uh, the support yeah. that, as you pointed out, that Travis deserves. And every little bit helps. So thank you guys so, so much. Thank you. And I appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. I have to say, Sarah, if, you have, if people haven't met Sarah, you're always a person that has a smile on your face and you make people feel so good. Thank and so you. it warms me to hear that you're still sounding so positive and optimistic with all this going on. Again, if I want to go get the hot chocolate, where do I go? To Parkland Cafe, South Osborne, 685 Osborne Street, and they'll hook you up with some warrior hot chocolate. All right. Sarah Brooker joining us live on 680 CJOB. Also, by the way, aside from her makeup work, she also has a little side business yes. called Prairie Chic Apparel. And, Loren, I think you've probably seen a picture of me wearing the uh, the sweater with the space cat on it. Yeah. Yes, it's that's a, hers. <laughs> yeah. It's a, well, awesome, super comfortable sweater. And, yeah, it's a cat wearing uh, an astronaut helmet because why not? Well, why not? And you know what? Sarah did my makeup for the uh, Nightlife Awards a couple years ago, and I tried to wear it for three days. It was so good. (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) I got home, and I was like, if you can just lay on the pillow without moving, you will wake up looking good. Of course, I woke up. Eyelashes are all smushed because there was a fake eye. It it didn't work. But (laughs) it was so good that I was, I, I, you know, one of those rare moments where you're like, I got to take some pictures of myself right now. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.